Hey everybody, it's AJ from the Two Chaps Pod welcoming you to another episode. And this week's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be called the Chaps Chat. Like you're stepping into our office at our unit and engaging in whatever random topic is brought up. It's going to be exclusive only to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So we hope that you enjoy it and we don't want to waste any more time. So here is the first Chaps Chat. This is really like one of the first army army things that I'm doing. And yeah, it's not going to be great, but I want to make it as great as possible, right? I mean, at the end of the day, this is what we yeah. signed up for, right? And and they were really like I I really would commend our leadership today cuz they were like, "Listen, it's going to suck." And they they kept reiterating that like, "If you don't know it's going to suck when you go into it, yeah, that's on you. <laughs> yeah. But they were like, it's all about your mindset. Yeah. You have like, it, it's 100% about the mindset that you have and being able to not bottle up negativity, but being able to recognize the negativity and then being able to go, okay, how can I either shift this positively or how can I like take this moment right here and and deal with the self care that I need to deal with and then make the best of this situation, right? Right. And at the end of the day, it's about getting home and fulfilling the mission. And yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a test of that intestinal fortitude. But it's yeah. you know I don't know how's life. How's are you excited uh, to be with your new unit coming up, or have you had contact with them? Or I, I have had contact with them. Um, I mean, I well, first first weekend that I'm going, we're going to the range. So like, I'm going to Iowa, and then we're going to Wisconsin, oh. flying, and then we're getting, getting on a bus. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be it, it's going to be different. Of, yeah. Uh, because of the, you know, the responsibility. Now it's, I mean, in some ways it's parallel to what was doing because I had you and the, and then the other two uh, um, candidates. But now I'll have two battalion chaplains that I'm, that yeah. I've got to work with. And I don't, the other thing, and I, I don't know the, So the 645th got picked up on a rotation and went down to mm -hmm. um, Texas, yeah. Hood or someplace. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so thinking about like as the potential for our headquarters, you know, to get picked up and do that as well, which I haven't really thought about in terms of uh, church life and things like that. Um, so, but I mean, if that become if that's the case, and it's like, oh, okay, well now I actually have to plan for like extended period gone yeah yeah um, so we'll, such we'll as see. the army life right like right i've been there's well i mean i told you i applied for that job right and it's like yeah it'd be great but that like if i'm gone for the entire month of september and yeah. about to start then that's a really tough conversation to have <laughs> in an interview yeah and yeah. you would hope that they would be understanding like 
the employer that I work for now has been fantastic and they're like yeah we got you like it so that's great but it, it there's also like for me personally like trying to get more involved in church like i i desire to teach more right i i have my men's bible study on wednesday nights and have been able to fill in when they've needed fill in teachers but you know we're at kind of a point where there's sunday school classes that need to be might need a new teacher and i'm like well that yeah i would love to be the option if i'm even an option right i'm not gonna tell them you need to put me in here but if you feel like this is where i need to be i will gladly serve there but it's like i'm teaching three times a month and gone you know what i mean so and even like looking at like okay are there like churches in transition that need somebody to like bridge a gap right Mm -hmm. like i've even thought about that kind of stuff because i don't know there's never enough money (laughs) it's part of the you know what we our family made the choice to go down to one income income and inflation just rises immediately yeah. and i'm like ah. yeah well yeah and, and i mean those are this is not 100 percent, but i mean that's really the cross that you you start to bear of and, and yeah. i've i've wondered about it. i think we i don't remember if we talked about this or not but um you know obviously i love our country and the way that our economy is set up like the convenience that everything is there blah blah blah. like and most things like you purchase a product it's mostly going to do what it what you purchase it to do all that stuff you like you don't have to worry about things like that and or um but i i do wonder if it becomes because of things like inflation or whatever, um, or, or in another way, um, like the cost of education. Yeah. Um, if those become so paralyzing to our, first of all, our, our congregation members, like, you know, you haven't been in church the last six weeks. What's up with that? Well, I had to pick up an extra shift on Sunday morning Yeah. and like to make money. Uh, for yeah. that um and then you know also for pastors like well why don't you want to go become a pastor well because i'll go you know twenty thousand dollars in debt in school and then congregations can't really pay that well the only like congregations that pay really well are the ones that are huge and a lot of those huge ones really aren't like yeah biblically sound <laughs> let's put it like that <laughs> i you know i know and it, but i, I just i i I have no way to measure this, no way to like analyze this, but you know, what, what, what are the economic factors that actually like prevent people from coming to church and then prevent people from, uh, men from going to pursuing, uh, becoming a pastor. Yeah. And, Oh, do you hear that? We got a listener. Yeah. <laughs> we got a that's, listener. That's how that's how entertaining. You got a little friend are. there in the office, or what? I do. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly! Yeah. Um, how you've been working yeah. since, but like before we started, right? So like you've been sitting at yeah. Like I was. I, how I, are been... you concentrating <laughs> at all? Well, I I mean I have headphones in now, so it's kind of muted. But yeah, before. Uh, before we oh, I guess here. that's true. <laughs> I guess it is muted, and it's like coming through your microphone, so like it's yeah. not muted <laughs> for me. 
I don't, and I don't even know where it like, I don't know where the microphone is on here. Yeah. And so I can't like, you know, just like, yeah, cover it or whatever. Direct. Yeah. That it's, is an interesting thought though, that you're bringing up like the, like how the economics and how the economy like does affect people's ability to serve or even like yeah. attend church. Right. Like it huh. does, especially like, technology is such a great thing and it was really in a lot of ways helped a lot of churches navigate through covid mm -hmm. and the pandemic but now that you've done that you can't really take it away yeah. and it can become like we've talked before on on plenty of other shows, like how it can become essentially a crutch right yeah. like, so like i can't pick i got to pick up this shift which is great you got to serve your family you got to care for your family provide for your family all that understood also can't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Right. And you're like, well, I'll just catch it on YouTube. Well, yeah. it's not, not the same. No. Uh, and that's it, it, two thoughts on that. One, the, um, depending, I mean, the church life itself, and this mm -hmm. is and even for like the non-sacramental churches that, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so we, 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 view in our church like where does god meet you well he meets you in his own body and blood there in yep. communion and so like that is the highlight of the church service that and mm -hmm. the sermon because the preached word is the, the other thing so it's like and those need people to be in the presence there to receive those things so yeah it's this you've got to be together with your family um, and when you forsake that assembly, um, yeah. neglect meeting togethers, as Hebrew says, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're causing huge detriment to your, um, to your own spiritual well-being. So, and then the, the second thing, um, with, with the economic part of this um is also and this is this is in the same vein but a different take kind of what you're talking about you know how many families now ha have dual incomes right and from that they take and they they have to do something with their kids or they don't even have kids i mean that's another thing um and then they take their kids and they send them off to daycare wherever yeah and you know what are they being what are the kids being fed at the daycare, at school, or whatever, and you know. But so even even economically, like part of the reason why we decided what we decided was, even if 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 my wife continues her job and I have my job, and I had we made this decision when I switched careers. I switched from, you know, being a a, a teacher in a middle school. Uh, was actually the dean of students and dealt with discipline, which was that I got some stories for you there, right? <laughs> um, but we, I made a switch to the corporate world and and now write content for a healthcare company. But like we made that decision, and even with that job and and her job, to pay for childcare for us to be able to do our jobs, mm -hmm. really isn't. You know, we're not getting. Uh, it's just it's insane. And that's why we continue to grind, even though like our security is not in the money that we have. We know that that's not like it's not a material thing um, for us. 
what is your like i i think we've talked about this before uh but i am curious i know you guys have your is it the lectionary is that correct as lutherans that you uh, teach out of correct yeah mm-hmm. okay um because the lutheran meme pages i follow on facebook said that they're retiring because yeah. they went through the three-year lectionary yeah did you see that yeah yeah i did it's like well you can find other memes to post but anyway <laughs> yeah. um so like for you on a daily basis what does your scripture like your devotion we've talked about that a lot right is like mm-hmm. in taking the word because this week i'm telling you like this la this past week i haven't been like playing catch up but i'm working on a study bible for jess of mm-hmm. uh, i've got one of those esv journaling bibles and mm-hmm. i've been reading through that bible in my daily devotions and putting notes down for her and and you know using my own color coding system which is highly neurotic i understand but at the same time i think it really helps um in processing scripture so i've been working on that for her and there were like significant chunks of text that i had to read this week and it was um judges specifically which was mm-hmm. a lot of fun to read yeah. and disheartening to read too <laughs> but um that and jeremiah man i i don't know what it is about the the large old testament prophets but they're i don't want to say they're tedious because they're not tedious and there's a lot of great stuff in there mm-hmm. but if you don't really understand what is happening contextually yeah. It makes it very difficult to get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where do you, like, what do you do? So, um, well, for preparation for sermons and such, and, and, and we're kind of in a different, <clears throat> we're, we're doing a series through the summer, um, Back to Basics, and it's on uh, Luther's Small Catechism, and the first uh, first three weeks that I did earlier in the summer were on the Apostles' Creed, so the different articles of the Apostles' Creed. And then um, now we're into the Lord's Prayer. And so uh, those have been my uh, focus for the my sermons. And so in preparation for that, it's been uh, reading Luther's Large Catechism and then other um, takes on the Lord's Prayer uh, and kind of trying to develop, okay, what is, what is it that we're, when we're, when we're praying this petition, what are we actually asking for? And so going through it. So that's been kind of the work side of it. Uh, devotionally, uh, I've gone, I mean, well, well, that's, that's the work side for sermons, I should say. Uh, Bible study wise prep. Um, we've been doing Matthew uh, but that one has also kind of taken a break for the summer. Um, but that was for, for early part of the summer. That was what I was working on. And then um, I've also been do- going through First Corinthians, translating it. So part of that's devotional, but part of that's also in prep for uh, a future Bible study. Then kind of as devotional, like recreational reading, I guess. Um, it's usually always a Psalm, just, I, I, I don't really have a set thing, uh, with those, but I mean, I, uh, read, uh, Psalms 90 through 103 
last week, I guess. I mean, and, and so, you know, we're mulling over those things. And then also the lectionary itself, I have to read that because that's uh, also when for, because those will, those will be read in church, period, regardless yep. of what I'm preaching on. And so uh, what comes along with that is like the choosing of hymns for the service. So I've got to know what what the actual text says and yeah. then go, okay, what are the hymns that, that can fit with this? And then, you know, so that's, that's part of uh, my devotional reading. Um, I, well, it's part of work, but it's also devotional reading as well, because I'm not, like I said, I'm not really preaching on that. Although it has worked out like this morning, I preached on um, uh, thy kingdom come. And last week's, gospel reading uh was jesus uh using the parables about the kingdom of heaven so the um you know, kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field where which man sells all that he has and goes and buys um uh all the um buys the field yeah. and then you know merchant goes finds pearl so talking about the kingdom um in those things. And so that, that played into what I was preaching on today. Uh, but it was not directly, we didn't read those passages this week that were read last. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> and then that's a, uh, huh? Well, and then, and then like other, other readings that, so there's, a, there's pastor's blog that I read. There's a, uh, a, newsletter that i get that i read there's another well actually there's a couple of newsletters emails that i get yeah. and i usually have devotional style material in there so it's always good to peel back the curtain once in a while right like <laughs> i don't know i mean judges man i was in there this week and ehud the left-handed assassin like, yeah i was talking I, at at drill this past weekend, I was talking to the guys about about Ehud mm. a lot, like just in random like chaplain office like chatter, right? Okay. We were after chapel and then they were hanging out still. I mean, you know how it is. And uh, we were talking, and I was like, "Yeah, this is what I read. Was reading this week about how this left-handed assassin just killed maybe the fattest man ever, and it swallowed up the sword that he stabbed him with." Yeah, like the. Mm. Just some of the scenes that I think are painted in the Bible, like if you can't laugh at them sometimes, mm. I, it, maybe maybe this is maybe the wrong way to think about it, but like there is a sense of humor with the Bible too, mm. right? There there's there's a bit of like okay that's funny. Like you talk about the seven sons of Sceva in in Acts, right? Like who thought they could overpower a demon mm -hmm. and had their butt kicked to the point yeah. where they ran away naked. And I tell everybody, if you ever enter a fight with your clothes on and end the fight with your clothes <laughs> off, it did not go well for you. Right. right? Like that's funny. And reading about Ehud, and I was just like, and I, I knew the story, but it, it just struck me differently this time. Cause it was like this left-handed assassin goes onto the portico with Eglon, who's this fat king. Says he's, he's a very fat man. And he stabs him in the stomach. He can't pull the sword out because the fat has enclosed him. And he leaves him there to die. And he locks the door behind him.
And the king's servants go and knock on the door. He doesn't answer. They see that it's locked, and they're like, oh, he must be relieving himself. Yeah. But then the next sentence is, after time had passed and they felt embarrassed, <laughs> like, dude's been in there for a while. We should probably check on him. Right? <laughs> like, like, that just struck me like, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. well, and it's funny you mentioned that one of, of relieving himself, because that's another comical uh, phrase that's used with uh, the prophets of Baal and yeah. uh, Elijah and that, you know, you know, call upon your God. Maybe he's, uh, you know, sitting on the toilet. You know, he's but, too yeah. busy. Yeah. yeah. And so there is that, that, I mean, I don't, I, I've heard it referred to as snark. Sure. Which I, I guess, but yeah, I mean, and it's that definite, um, you know, he is making fun of of them, and mm -hmm. yeah, or like and the story of Elisha when they make fun of him for being bald, which we can appreciate. Yeah. And he's like, right. "Let me get this bear, yeah, bear to just come right. and devour you." Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's some. Yeah, uh... yeah it, it, there's a well. There's because you you mentioned this before. You know, you always you always preach preach hell with a tear in your eye. Yeah. And, and kind of heaviness and there is a uh there there's a a sort of dark humor that can emerge in in, in some of the things from scripture but the, but it also has to be seen in the proper light correct and that and that is particularly so like with elijah and or elisha and the uh and the the, the kids yeah they were they were um you know this is why that, I mean, because that could be, I mean, you read that and you just be like, well, I'm not going to believe in this God if that's what he does. <laughs> yeah. But you, but you have to realize Correct. Yes. from, from, from the sense of this is, well, God will not let his name be tainted, uh, be taken in vain, uh, any, any glory stripped from him. Mm -hmm. Like he is God. And, if you're not going to act like he's God, he's going to show you he's God. It's what Correct. he does to Pharaoh. It's what he does to, you know, all the enemies of God through throughout the scriptures, and so that's why it's the first commandment. Exactly. Well, yeah. Well, the first and and what I call the second. First, but, yeah. Um, you know, you shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your Correct. God. Correct. Take the Lord yeah. your the name of the Lord your God in vain. And so that's when we understand that that and that that's how serious God is about this well first that should that should make us go whole mm -hmm. uh okay I'm not gonna mess with this God but then when you realize that you are forgiven in God's name that in in the name of Christ yeah you are reconciled to God then all of a sudden it puts you in a different the the different vantage point of okay this is how God feels about his name. And this is how merciful he's been to me through his name. Yeah. Um, and so then you start to see his judgment upon the wicked and upon those who are opposed to him as actually, this is a glorious thing and but not to, you know, it's that uh, rightful uh, fear, right? The, the, mm -hmm. That gets talked about. I mean, even Peter talks about it, and I'm looking for it right now, but I think mm -hmm. it's in First Peter 2, maybe, 
where he talks about like having this proper fear of God who did not spare his own son for our sake, right? And knowing like that, yes, I we talk about humor and there being a sense of humor. I don't want to mischaracterize scripture. That's not what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do. There are things that can strike you as funny. But at the end of the day, you're 100% correct, right? There's there's God's name, and his name will not be diminished in any way, right? That just, I don't know, very important. Yeah, I mean, there's, um, in First Peter 2, I mean, he says, fear God, honor the emperor. Um, and, and that's, he's talking yeah. kind of about, well, again, the ordering of things of, know what you're called to do what you're supposed to do um but yeah i'm trying to find it but i i don't know i well i mean just going back to proverbs in that the the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge it's the beginning of wisdom it's it's you know wise words check out that video on youtube (laughs) um those things are uh the knowledge and wisdom become synonymous kind of really when when dealing with the fear of the Lord. And that's, again, when we, when we start to grasp that and understand the proper relationship that a creature has to its creator, yeah. we realize that that's really what we are as creatures. Yeah. Um, we go, yeah, we we should fear him. But then you also realize that in that relationship, everything that we receive in this life is gift. You know, yes. Paul talks about what it, uh, what has been given to you that's not. And uh, I found it in right. First Peter, First Peter right. 1, 17. So I was wrong. He said, and if you address the father, the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your sojourn, knowing mm-hmm. that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your futile conduct inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the mm-hmm. blood of Christ. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And the notes in the ESV study Bible, that's where I got that that kind of thought from, was Peter tells us to live in fear because before the foundation of the world, it was foreknown that his son was going to be slain on our behalf. Like, we fear God because of who he is and because of what he's done, but also, like, he didn't spare his son for our own sake, Mm -hmm. right? And there's a fear in that right of this holiness and and who yeah. he is right? the verse right before that says it's written you shall be holy for i am holy right yeah the the awe and reverence that plays into that fear and the, yeah and to, um what's well, isaiah and isaiah 6 where right yeah everything i mean his immediate reaction john in revelation 1 like the yeah. moment that awe and reverence come into perception yeah the only response is falling on the face yep and that's luther's so talking about the 10 commandments the first commandment you shall have no other gods what does this mean and luther's emphatic that is we should fear love and trust in god above all things and so this is really a 
the and this and this is where sin shows itself because we 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 fear so many other things rather than God. Right. Um, you know, Jesus himself says, do not fear man who can just destroy the body, but fear both fear God who can destroy both body and soul and soul. In, in um in hell. And so this this concept of our the only thing properly to fear is God. Mm-hmm. But when that is when but when that happens Unless you're and, Franklin Roosevelt. Well, yeah. You know, His yeah. fear itself. Yeah. Which to be honest with you, when you said that was the first thing that popped to my mind. I was like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. Yeah. But the the fear when that's properly done and you actually see God for who he is yeah. as creator, like we I I mean, it's what you're saying and what you were reading from from Peter. Everything's his. He knows everything. I, I can't get away from that. I I have to stand in awe, mm-hmm. in fear, falling down on my face saying, Lord, have mercy on me. And that's the wonderful thing is that he does. And so that's where the love and the, the trust part comes in here is that, okay, all of my other affections in life, love in particular, mm-hmm. God has to be loved above all other things. Um, and Jesus himself says that if you love uh, mother or father or brother or sister more than me, you're not worthy of me. Uh, and that's, I mean, those are, those are harsh because it's, it's a, it's a, well, how is that possible? Yeah. Um, that's where the trust comes in is that when God says, you know, or when Jesus himself, God um, says, you know, he that's lost everything for my sake, we not receive a hundredfold in the kingdom that is to come. And the, and the reality is that God, God wants us fo- to focus solely on him because in him, everything else is given to us. Right. So when you, when you fear him, then there is nothing else to fear uh, because he's going to take care of it. When you love him above all things, he actually gives you a, things to love in, in this. And you, you realize and the proper relationship to those things that you love in this life is that they're gifts from him. You know, we talk about family all the time that way, but even our, even our vocations, our jobs, um, a, you know, the shoot, I mean, going down to like what we had for dinner, <laughs> you know, th- th- all of that is, is, is gift. Um, and then trusting him above all things again, yeah. What did he do? He did not spare his son, but gave him up for us. How will he not graciously give us all things? It's a tough one to wrap the mind around, especially when you get like the harsh sayings, right? Like, especially because it, especially in the way that even society today will go. Here's, here's my favorite thing about our current society. The people who claim to not be Christians are experts in the Bible and what Jesus actually taught. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like from Jesus being a socialist to, well, you can't be a Christian if da, 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 like just insanity. Mm. And they, as human nature, go and pick and choose what fits their narrative within the scripture. And it's like, well, you're missing the whole, like, 
the whole parable is about you know the one you brought up mm. what about the parable of the talents right we mm. both watched that video with um oh what was the gentleman's name Vody Bakum. yeah Vody Bakum. that dude is yeah. awesome yeah like that yeah. was it was on Ben Shapiro's Sunday show Sunday conversation I not Sunday yeah. conversation because that was an ESPN thing but it was something like that right right um, but Vody Bakum talking about biblical masculinity and and all these different concepts and he's talking about the the difference between the equality of opportunity or the equality of outcome right. he says even in scripture yep. christ talked about the parable of the talents mm -hmm. right and some were given more and some were given less and like I just yep. i wish people would read the bible and not <laughs> bogart it all right well to it, try it, to prove their point it drives me nuts like yeah I've, I've literally had conversations with friends, and I'm like, that's not accurate. And they're like, well, mm -hmm. how do you – I go, listen, I'm not trying to be prideful here, but, like, literally, I'm more educated on you than this. If you yeah. really want to compare degrees, like, if that's what we have to stand on, they're like, I don't care about that. And I'm like, okay, well, then I get the, – <laughs> they go, don't come at me with all the this is what you studied stuff. And I'm like, but what? It is. Well, yeah, and, and that's how do you even have a conversation like that? Yeah, there's there's an interesting um, article that I read on a, a blog talking about uh, pastoral formation and such, mm -hmm. and what what this what your comments kind of reveal, and then what this this article kind of reveals as well is we don't think of pastors and people that have been called to preach the word put into that office, we don't think of them on the same level as like a doctor. Like you wouldn't go to a doctor who didn't pass med school. Like right. it, it would be absurd. It wouldn't be a doctor at that point. Um, you know, but I think and, that there's a, there's a little bit of a, a difference. So, right. Because, and, and I've, I've used this before. I've, I've talked about this before, like in, in different conversations, but there, there was a time I think in history where one of the more educated persons in a community was the pastor. Yeah. Right? They would teach the school during the week and then the church on yep. Sunday. And, like, they were thought of as, like, the premier academic in a way. Correct. Right? Yep. Taking calling aside for a second, as we move into a more modern society now, that's just not the case anymore because mm -hmm. we have pastors pastoring churches that – have bachelor's degrees and and they're not as academic as the doctors or right. the professor or whatever and and I think that that really does harm the pastorate in a lot of ways mm -hmm. because there is that kind of well how many degrees do you have hanging on the wall mm -hmm. and now add into that the whole calling aspect and it's a completely mm -hmm. different thing I mm -hmm. teach my men at church there's a difference between being anointed and there's a difference between being appointed Mm -hmm. Right. Specifically in our church tradition and the way that our church structure is, is like we have pastors who have been called by God. They are the anointed ones to lead this church. We have a board who has been appointed by God to f help fulfill the ministry mm -hmm. of the church. Yeah. The appointed never supersedes the anointed. Yeah. And it, it, there's a it, there's just been a a shift clearly right like you i mean you have a, a post undergraduate degree um mm -hmm. 
I don't know if you're pursuing a doctorate or plan to pursue a doctorate or like a terminal degree in theology. Like I have, I have two master's degrees in theology, like because academic work was important to pair with the calling that I had. Right. I just wish more pastors would do that. Yeah. Well, and there's, I think, so to go back to the, Pastors should be trained because they're dealing, whether whether people realize this or not, they're dealing with souls. That's yeah. uh, one of the the German terms, uh, Seelsorger, uh, which means like it cares for the soul. Like mm-hmm. that's what a pastor's supposed to do. Yes, because that's what Jesus's word does. Um, so it's not just this, you know. Uh, there there is a a a certain amount of training and formation uh, that has to happen in order to do that. Yes. So in that regard, you want someone just as you would want a surgeon to be trained well, um, just as you'd want a lawyer to be yes. trained well. And, and really you think about, especially from the biblical uh, narrative that who were the, who were the ones that were the most well-trained well, the scribes and the mm-hmm. and the teachers of the law. Yeah. So now, granted, when Jesus shows up, and, they and, and, missed and, and, it completely. <laughs> correct. Correct. Um, but I would say that you know, but prior to that, who, who were the ones that were keeping the Torah alive um, and, and keeping the the people in exile faithful? Well, it was it was those teachers of the law, the ones that knew the law. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there is a, a you know, a, a cor- correlation to a degree with that of what is it, how are we supposed to live? Well, here's God's word. Anyways, um, the other side of that, the, and I think this is something that our, our church, the, the church on earth has had a real problem with is that we moved, um, it's at some point in time. And I guess you could trace it back to maybe like the romantic time period moved from this idea of, of truth being and adhering to truth versus like tradition. Love. Well, not, not tradition, but like love toward there, there was this trade off of, um, Oh, I see where you're going. truth yeah. for, for, for loving people. If, if that makes sense. Like, so the way you hear it come out today is doctrine divides, um, love unites or something like that, or the brotherhood of, uh, of, of man, which is, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's 18th and 19th century. Yeah. And late, uh, or, or excuse me, 19th and 20th century liberal liberalism is what they, this, that this actually, term. that actually I happened mean, to me. Um, right when we had first started the, the men's Bible study, um, I had brought up the idea of spending a significant amount of time teaching Romans. Mm-hmm. I because I was like, I I, I refuse to teach books like that in an eight week setting. Like I, I, it will not happen. Yeah. Ever. You want to do that? There's videos on YouTube you can go watch if you want an overview. I don't do overviews unless I absolutely have to. And afterwards, I had a guy who was roughly my age come and goes, do you really want to teach Romans? Like, that's so controversial. And I go, well, 
uh, if you know me, you know I don't back down from controversy. Like that, I go, and it it is scripture, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, why would we not teach? And and if, if if like the goal of my Bible study is number one that God is honored, of course, glorified. But this is a discipleship tool for the men of our church. Mm-hmm. Why would I not teach the deep things? And why yeah. would I not prepare them for that controversy? Mm-hmm. Like, why? You can't over-equip, right? Mm-hmm. And so I let it go, and, and, and things progressed. And then a few weeks ago, I was talking to another one of the men's ministry leaders, and I go, we're doing it. We're mm-hmm. doing it. We're spending the entirety of 2024. 36 to 50 weeks, however many times we can meet, probably going to be closer to like 36 to 40. We're spending 40 weeks the entire year in the book of Romans. Mm -hmm. And when I announced that to the men's Bible study, after we had just gone through, uh, we just got done with our doctrine series. We're going in first Peter and second Peter in August and October, because I'm going to be gone for the month of September. When I told them that we are going verse by verse through Romans, and it's going to take the entire year, they were I'm pretty sure if they if it wasn't a Baptist church, they would have raised their hands and, and, and applauded, right? But you know, we can't make church we can't make noise in church as Baptists. Right. So um but I mean just a look on their face, they were like, Let's go kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, let's Good. go. Like yeah. the, the purest gospel according to Martin Luther. Yeah. We are teaching it starting in January. Yeah. yeah. I I when he said controversial, which yeah, I I I, I okay. I mean, well, okay. So it, truthfully, he's from the Baptist tradition, as I myself am. Even though I'm, as you know, a much more reformed Baptist mm-hmm. than even my church is. So, um, I know that's exact. He was talking about Romans eight and Romans nine, right? Uh, oh, I, okay. yeah, that's what he was talking about, and I was like, listen, man. It, there's literally biblical words because <laughs> yeah. he, he did. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember the conversation because I, I tend to like when stuff like that happens, I, I'll acknowledge them and have the conversation. But after a while, like I just I block them out. I'm like, mm-hmm. OK, not block them out during the conversation, but like weeks removed. I'm like, I forget them like that conversation is not even worth my energy. And uh, but I told him, I go, what's controversial? Like, I asked yeah. him, like, he's like, well, like, the predestination and all, like, election. And I go, the words are in there, man. Yeah. Like, the way that we handle them, the way that we talk about them are not going to be controversial. You know why? Because yeah. God is sovereign. And yeah. guess what? In his sovereignty, he chose people right. for salvation. Yeah. Like, can we, like, please yeah. stop well, making such a big deal about something that's so great and glorious? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that goes back to that that creature creator distinction. Correct. That's like let God be God. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I, like, at what point do we become so prideful that we figured our de- our salvation is dependent upon ourselves? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. If that is not That's... the ultimate expression of pride, I don't really yeah. know what is because yeah. at the end of the day, there is no one who chooses to do good. No, yep. not one. All right. Like, until your heart is regenerated, and this is probably getting way deeper than we need to get, but, like, <laughs> yeah. until your heart is regenerated by grace through faith, 
you are dead in your trespasses. Exactly. Exactly. Like, there's nothing controversial about that. All right. And because God works outside of time, and because God is ultimately sovereign, and sovereign gods do not react to anything, we cannot change his will based on a choice. Like, can we, like you said, can we just let God be God? Yeah. But then the the, the comfort, and this is what is so know, crazy, is the comfort know, that comes with it is this. You don't got to convince has, me, man. You don't got to convince me. Yeah. We're talking the God, same language. If God has said this, God will not lie. God will not break his promises. He will not go back on his word. If if he's, we keep referring to this to, to the verse from Romans, from Romans 8. If he who did not spare his, uh, his only son, but gave himself up for us, how will he not graciously give us all things? Or and you so, go back to the verse I read in Peter. How does Jesus yeah. stand slain before the foundation of the world? If sin hadn't even entered in, like that, this is so far. This is us, as Paul says, seeing through a glass dimly. Are yep. we going to understand election? Are we going to understand predestination? Like, no, mm. not not fully, not completely, yep. but we can understand it enough to take comfort in the fact that we are not God, and He has chosen to give grace. Yeah, that's. <sighs> I've I've said this in my Bible studies numerous times. We are not commanded to understand. We're commanded to trust. Yes. Understand, understanding comes and you should be, that's why you should be in the word. That's why you should be in Bible studies. That's why you should be having conversations like this. Correct. Why you should be studying doctrine. Why you should be reading all the, I mean, the Bible to begin with, but then all those who have made commentaries on it and like all the, the, the teachings. And throughout should the church arguably history. be but, reading people that you don't agree with too. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is it the the quote from Sun Tzu in Art of War? If you know thine enemy, you know thyself. Well, he, or something to I, that effect. Something to, yeah. Like, but it's it is. Well, I I think of the Godfather. Keep your friends close and your enemy, or well, keep your enemies close and your friends, or what is it? No, it's it's friends close and your enemies, enemies closer. closer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you know you know. But what, what I mean, there is truth to the fact of like, listen, if if if. The enemy. Like, I know that's a very, very harsh term. That's not what I mean when you have a disagreement with somebody because <laughs> that's arguably the problem with our society now is we view everybody that disagrees sure. with us as an enemy. Yeah. But knowing that opposing viewpoint helps you to understand yourself better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you can have that guidance from the Holy Spirit, that little, like, <laughs> gut punch of, ah, that doesn't sound exactly right. Correct. Let me go find what is true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There was a good little, it was a little book um, that I read last fall. Oh, I can't, I, I believe the, na the name specifically is How to Think. Oh. Or, or something like that. But it's, a, but it talks about basically what, what you're mentioning in conversations and like how to, how to have proper discussions, arguments, and, and that type of stuff. I'm reading a book um, like that right now called Thank You for Arguing. What Homer Simpson <laughs> – I got it right here. Hold on. I got to read you the subtitle because, like, this author is fantastic. I'm actually going to show it. This is the book. Thank You for Arguing. What Aristotle, Lincoln, and Homer Simpson can teach us about the art of persuasion. Uh, like, it's yeah, really, it's, really good. Like, I love it. But one of the things that, that 
the author said in the book that I read, what he he, ca- he talks about this um, the repugnant other that we yeah. really assume about somebody else, and then we just kind of make as a straw man in our arguments. Correct. Versus actually hearing what they're saying, taking a step back, going, okay, let me process that, then trying to in a real sense, empathize where they're coming from, kind of understand how did they get to this point? And then, and this is, this was what was really kind of to all those things just seem like that. Okay. That's the courteous thing to do. Sure. But then he was like, what you, before you should respond, you should try to explain their argument back to them even better than they're doing it themselves. Uh, Because what, what that does is it forces you, to see things through their eyes and it forces you to think through, okay, how do I actually yes. legitimately respond to this? And mm-hmm. I think that that like, especially when we talk on this podcast and we write on Uncultured Dead, if you haven't checked out Uncultured Dead, you should uncheck out. You should definitely check out Uncultured Dead because there's a lot of good content up there. When we talk about manhood and we talk about masculinity, like being able to discuss Mm-hmm. being able to empathize with somebody who is opposing you and have conversations. And I, I, in a, in a way, like there almost needs to be a revolution of sorts, right? Not an overthrowing of government, but a, a renaissance of the mind in a lot of ways and a mm-hmm. renaissance of attitude where, you know, masculinity is not about this, you know, stoic lumberjack that's just built a cabin in the woods and is detached from life but is is literally like you and i don't agree on everything it may seem like we agree on everything when it comes to the podcast but we like we don't agree on everything right that's very like you very much believe that scripture teaches as you would say correctly that absolutely baptism saves Mm mm-hmm that is not something that I was taught growing up and it is not something that I necessarily agree with. And so we definitely have had those discussions, but we listen to each other mm-hmm. and it's just something that absolutely has got to change when it comes to conversations. Like yeah. it's just, well, and there is a, the, I have to send you this podcast that I listened to today, actually. And um, be about baptism, probably. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> um, there are some there's some kind of side jabs, but it's actually about uh, masculinity and, and and really it's a pastor. And he, he started this thing um, uh, called Sons of Solomon. And it is a and I've heard of that. Yeah, it's it's. Really, really, it's a prayer discipline is really is what it comes down to is and it's based on the Psalms and the Proverbs. And he kind of puts it as an ecumenical type thing, because we are getting to the point in our culture where it is the the difference. Yes, are there differences on baptism and communion and how the church is organized, those types of things? Yeah, and our 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 Lutheran's gonna stand in one spot, our Roman Catholic's gonna stand in one spot, our Baptist's gonna stand in one spot. Absolutely, and they're not gonna budge on those. Fine. But 
we're getting to the point now where it's just if you if you believe the Bible, you're going to have more enemies out there than and you need to find your allies. If that if that makes sense. Yes, that uh, I would. Om- and this is probably hyperbolic and you're going to tell me that's hyperbolic. So I'm like <laughs> preparing myself for it. That's hyperbolic. But <laughs> yeah, that, that might have been too. I think we've talked about this. Like one of the greatest tools of Satan has been creating distraction, right? Yeah. There's also, I think, an element of one of the greater tactics of Satan was the creation of denominations in a lot of ways. Mm. Not that's probably overstated, right? And and I don't want to get heretical, but there's there's there is this belief that like we have we have this Bible and we worship Jesus, but you don't do it how I do it, so we are not the same. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like okay, hold on a second, because you and I have talked and we've said like for us, yeah, we don't agree on baptism, mm-hmm. but we do agree on Jesus, mm-hmm. which is important. Yeah, and. Uh, agree with what that podcast said, right? Like, just believing the Bible is going to create enemies. Mm. So finding those allies, even if they don't attend the same tradition or denomination, right. is very, very important. Yeah. And the... So, the illustration that I was given in seminary, and of course, this... <laughs> because we're correct, and we, we have everything. Of course. Um, so... Doctrine, because, and this goes back to this ties to the doctrine divides kind of thing. Doctrine is a body. Okay. So it is, there is this, it is, and doctrine is literally the teaching. What is, what is taught in scripture. So for the Christian, kind of the heart and the head, like uh, uh, if you think of a body, what are the two most important uh, organs in the body are the brain and the heart Mm -hmm. and the heart coupled with the lungs i guess so the kind of brain which whichever one you want to put where is whatever but like the two fundamental things that make up christian doctrine like you if you do not get these right you are not christian and you're you're basically not alive and that is the trinity and then justification by grace through faith alone so if you do not have those two things that's the heart and the heart and brain of doctrine that's it um, what did loser say about just the doctrine of justification oh he had a quippy quote about it oh, he's, um, he's got the one. Yeah. I, I know he does but it was like <laughs> it maybe it wasn't him but it was like justification is the issue upon which the church rises yes, or falls. Yeah, that's it yeah uh, is that so, that's the quote yeah. right from luther yeah yeah like it, yes <laughs> the the article the article on which the church stands or falls is yes. justification correct and so so you have to have the Trinity and you have to have justification. And they're, those are interrelated because you wouldn't know yeah. the Trinity without Christ Correct. revealing himself and then and the salvation. And then you wouldn't understand what Christ is doing without the Trinity. Mm-hmm. So those are the, the heart and brain. But then as you extend out from there, we would say like from the Lutheran tradition. So the things that go with that, okay, what, what gives the justification? What gives the Trinity to it? Well, and this would be like the the lungs or the circulatory system. So 
the like next most important things because they feed from and to uh, those things. And that would be God's word and sacrament, in which we would say the sacraments are God's word tangibly. So that's baptism and communion yeah. and then uh, absolution. And so if you get those wrong, you could still you'd still be a Christian, still have the the things right in your body alive, but there, it's it's going to be more. There's a higher risk of your body not functioning correctly and it, and problems creeping sure. into yeah. the heart and the brain from there. And see, like you say that right, and and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking that's not much different than like even Baptist teaching, right? Because mm -hmm. like we would say, yeah, Trinity and salvation, justification by grace through faith. And then next to that is you know, just like you said, the word of God, you, you place a higher, obviously, you know, emphasis on the sacraments than we do because we tend to believe that they're acts of obedience and, and as opposed to actual like nourishment, feeding of the word and, I don't want to. I don't want to misrepresent your guys' position on the mm -hmm. sacraments because yeah. you will do that. But like, that it doesn't. It, what I'm saying is like it's not dissimilar mm -hmm. in the way that we approach things. It's just we do have a different, you know, theology. I guess you could say on what the sacraments are or they represent. But like, Word of God, justification by faith, you know, yeah. through grace, and then the Trinity. Like, yeah. And that's and and to and where this where this is going out um, is really for 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 us and why why it becomes such a big deal is in assurance and making making sure that body is functioning correctly and so if where there are problems we would we would try to address it and say let's correct those um you know and that's the, so that again because uh, and this goes back to the the predestination and election god gives that word specifically that 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 word phrase but also that his speaking this through paul by under the inspiration of the holy spirit for the comfort of his people the whole of the the whole of why Jesus came is to reconcile us to God so that we would be in that proper creature creator relationship and it's meant for us to be certain of that and it's meant for us to take comfort in that so that's like the driving force behind all of really all of theology why why it is necessary to take that time to get those higher degrees and that's stuff so um, but also where this comes out is in, that's not, that's, that's not contained in a vacuum. Um, it matters in practical life. And so when we're starting to think about these things with fellow brothers and sisters from other denominations, um, it is okay. You know, the importance of, uh, having a father and the example of father sets in a household and having good men be leaders a community that focuses on that will flourish and be be good. And so we as Christians, yeah, we're going to disagree on those things. I, I wouldn't let you commune with me. I wouldn't commune with you. 
but we do know it's good for children to be taken care of. It's, it's good for children to be protected from certain things. It's good that we have, you know, I mean, this, this is going way over the top, but like that we know where to get food to, to take care of our neighbors because that's the second greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. So yeah, it's finding those allies and saying, okay, here we go. And this is how we can build our, our, the flourishing of, of right here, right now. Um, yes. So. Because there's a battle to be waged. And ultimately that's what we're trying to do, right? We, we have, we have this two chest pod and it, a lot of it is to do so that we can continue to hang out now that you've abandoned our unit uh, in Ann Arbor. But also because we're two guys who love Scripture and we want to proclaim that truth as often as we can. And we hope that through this Two Chaps pod and even conversations like this that, that don't necessarily have a direction necessarily. It's just us talking like we would talk in the chaplain's office. That's exactly um, what I was it's thinking. exactly what yeah. it is. Um, we hope <laughs> that that can be beneficial and maybe help you to build allies um, because the battle, the battle's raging. The yeah. battle's going to continue to rage until Revelation 19 has its fulfillment and Jesus comes riding in on that white horse. Yeah. And then the new heaven and the new earth and we'll all be allies then, right? Yeah. We'll all be Lutheran. <laughs> <laughs> we will all be with Jesus. That's right. We will all be with Jesus around the throne, yeah. singing, holy, 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 this is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. Right. I, I, I want to throw it in, in German, but that's, yeah. Maybe. No. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's no. the, in, the language. I, who knows? Well, I mean, it was written in Greek, so I'm wondering if we'll be singing in Greek. <laughs> who knows? I think My, that every yeah. tongue and every tribe will tribe probably be nation. singing in <laughs> yeah. their own language and it'll all make one beautiful sound yeah. is maybe what it's going to be like. But again, I'm not going to speculate because there ain't nothing said in the Bible about it. It's just yeah. we know we're there. Know we know we're worshiping. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's, we can get into a whole, you know, end times discussion on that one because yeah. – I don't care. Yeah. Anyways, that's not. This is not the time or place for that. We will <laughs> yeah. not get into that tonight. Maybe that'll no. be the next time we have one of these little, little. random chaplain's office discussions. Yeah. Uh, but we are gonna sign off. So he is Coleman and I am AJ. We didn't introduce ourselves in the beginning, so hopefully no, you just didn't. like the random enjoyment <laughs> of jumping into the deep end, because that's what we do. If you have not checked out Uncultured Dad, make sure you head over to unculturedad.com. We've got a ton of series on manhood matters and prayers to pray with your family and and, and conversational dialogue, just a, a plethora of resources for you to read. Make sure that you're following us on all social media platforms, including the brand new Threads, which is Mark Zuckerberg's way of trying to take Twitter or X away from Elon Musk. That's a whole nother drama that we don't have time to discuss, nor would we, because it doesn't matter. But we're on social media, so check us out. And make sure that you have also subscribed to our YouTube channel and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All the places. We're just inundating you everywhere you want to be. So make sure that you, whatever you appreciate doing or enjoy doing, you can find Uncultured Dead in the Two Chefs pod. Just make sure that you're getting it. That's that's what we're trying to say, right? Yeah. All right. And be encouraged. And in the be word. encouraged in the word. We will see you all later.
Hey everybody, just want to thank you once again for spending some time with the Two Chaps Pod today. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to our channel. Pound that bell for notifications so you can be notified when our latest content drops. If you're on social media, we are all over the place, including the brand new threads from Meta. And I do want to remind you, for longer content, including pre-show and post-show audio, make sure you've subscribed on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Two Chaps Pod, and until then, stay uncultured.